You're listening to Motherhood Unstressed, the podcast that talks all about the realities of being a mom in today's world, but also gives you practical takeaways for making the ride as fun and stress-free as possible. The way we live life is an art. I'm here to remind you of the power you already have to create a truly beautiful life. In this episode, I talk with Tara Reeder, herbalist and owner of Rowan and Sage, Sarah Corbett. Sarah talks about her path to working in the intuitive arts and what she's learned along the way to use her intuitive abilities to be successful in business and in life. Not only does she use it to her advantage, but she takes her skills and uses them to help others on their own individual paths. This episode is not one you're going to want to miss. Sarah lays out exactly what you can do to develop your own intuition and use it to your advantage to be successful in life. Enjoy. And if you really enjoy this episode, if it speaks to you, if it resonates with you, don't hesitate to leave me a five-star review and a positive rating. That's how these podcasts get out to more and more people and help more and more moms. Thanks. Hey, everybody. I am here today um, with Sarah Corbett. And Sarah is a tarot reader. She's an intuitive. She's a yoga teacher, an herbalist, and she is the owner of Rowan and Sage. Um, And that's a store that sells herbal medicine, intuitive guidance, and handmade tools to help others create purposeful, intention-filled lives. So welcome, Sarah. Thank you so much for being here today. Oh, thanks for having me, Liz. I'm really glad to be here and to chat with you guys about tarot and herbalism and whatever else you've got on your mind. Well, yeah. I mean, I think it's such an interesting topic and, and so many people now are, are really curious about it, which is so interesting. It kind of has a way of coming back into vogue and then going out again. But um, yeah, I definitely, I've been hearing a lot about it. I'm super into it and curious about it. Um, so I know our listeners will really enjoy what you have to offer because you are so insanely knowledgeable about this topic. <laughs> and I mean, and I know it's a thing where you just, you learn about it, you continue to learn about it. So so why don't you kind of start us off and tell us a little bit about your background and how you got into this? Um, well, I started reading tarot about six years ago, and I actually have a whole blog on my website about how I got into it and like how I found my first tarot deck. But basically, I was just walking through a metaphysical shop here in Atlanta and ended up coming across their huge bookcase of all these different tarot decks. And I like had known about tarot. I remember having a best friend when I was a teenager who had all of the cards on her door. And I remember like seeing them and stuff, but I didn't really know anything about it. I didn't know what they were used for, what their whole purpose was, but I found a deck there that really spoke to me and I knew I had to have it. So I special ordered it and ended up getting it a couple months later and just started doing little readings for myself. Uh, Every deck comes with, well, most decks, especially commercially printed ones, come with these little white books. And it has a simple Celtic cross layout, which is like the standard spread that most people are familiar with or what you'll see in a movie if a reader's doing like if a tarot reader's pulling cards for someone. Um, And it has these basic like two sentence phrases on what the cards mean. So I started reading just from the little white book. And then last year I decided that my uh, new year's resolution was to be, to really dedicate myself to like learning tarot and studying it more like I would have studied any subject in school. So I enrolled in some online classes 
started keeping a tarot journal, started doing more and more readings for people. And that's honestly the thing that really changed the game for me was just putting away that little white book, putting away other reference guides, telling the story in the card, getting familiar with it, and just doing readings for people and seeing how it panned out. I was also really lucky to have a teacher, Janice Cohen, who's here in Atlanta, and she goes by the intuitive therapist. And she's just amazing. So we would be doing sessions together and she would ask me to do a reading for her. And here is this woman who's been teaching Mm -hmm. and doing tarot for 25 years, asking me to pull a card for her. And once I got past the initial anxiety of like, oh my God, I'm about to do this right now. What if I'm wrong? I started to realize that I actually was good at it and I could give people insightful and helpful readings if whether they knew anything about tarot at all or had been studying for 30 years. So that's kind of how I've got into it. Um, I just started to put myself out there, but I didn't really come out to the world that I was a tarot reader until last May. And now it's completely changed my life. (laughs) That's so amazing. And I mean, and I love following you on Instagram. You're under Ronan Sage. And like, it's so funny because you'll put these beautiful pictures up and then you look at your stories and, you know, you're talking about like, in case you didn't know this about me, like, I'm really into this. And it just cracked me up because it's so relatable when it's like, you know, I think people are afraid to to admit that maybe this is something they're interested in or learning more about. And then once they do, it's like, it's such a relief. It's such like a, you know, it's, it's you being you. And it's just, it's on a topic that is so relevant, I think, and so interesting in today's world is, you know, self-awareness and intuition, which do you think everyone is, is gifted with these, with intuition? Oh, I mean, I think every single person has the ability to live from an intuitive place. Whether or not they're flexing that muscle is a whole different story. You'll meet some people that are highly intuitive and just know things, or they walk into a room and they can feel out the energy of that room. And even though they might not call that intuition, that's really what it is. Then you meet other people who have very little body awareness or awareness of themselves. um, And they might think that like having intuition is either totally crazy and (laughs) way too esoteric for them, or they just don't know how to tap into their intuition. Mm -hmm. But I ultimately think that it's a practice that everyone can cultivate and it just takes practice. I was lucky enough to grow up in a family with a, you know, my mother is really intuitive and she always joked around when I was a kid and would say like, you know, be careful what you say because the women in this family have a tendency of making things happen. Um, but I also come from a different family than most people, at least most people I grew up around. My mom emigrated from Russia in the 1990s and my dad's from South Georgia. So my mom came with this whole different level of like this whole different background. And she also really loved mysticism and really studied these things when she was my age. So she kind of cultivated that for me. But the other way that I would say people can really tap into their intuition is just by consciously trying to do so, following those gut instincts, trusting that inner voice within themselves. And something that's really helped me is my practice of yoga. And that's why I really think that, you know, tarot and yoga and herbalism and all these things that I seem to be into, they really do tie together because they're practices that, you know, help you connect to yourself, help you cultivate awareness of yourself, help you understand the world better and how to function in it and live more intuitively. 
Well, I think that's so important because, you know, as tech savvy as the world is now, as fast paced, like everyone's vying for your attention, you know, 24 seven, you know, to be able to step back. And like you said, step into your body, I think it's such a powerful tool. I mean, especially for women, but you know, everybody too, but you know, for the majority of people listening to this, you know, it's young moms and women. And, you know, sometimes the feeling, you know, you get the feeling of just being overwhelmed and, and there really is no backup plan. You know, it's like you mm-hmm. can feel the anxiety start to rise and your kids is, you know, the kids that are having a meltdown in the corner and you're just like, you just don't know where to go. So to have these kind of tools, you know, from teachers like yourself and, and people who act basically as lights, you know, to kind of bring people out of that darkness, I think is just, it's really amazing and it's really commendable. Um, and I'm so glad that you're, you know, you're putting your work out there because it's not really that commonplace, you know, right now. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, if you're kind of in the bubble of the heart-centered business world or, you know, the health and wellness practitioners, then it's all you ever see, right? Like right. I scroll on totally. my Instagram feed, it's constantly love and light <laughs> and, you know, the whole capitalistic structure of what has become the wellness industry nowadays. True. Um, so putting yourself out there in that way is difficult, uh, one, because you have to personally put yourself out there and that's great. That's super scary. And, um, you know, I still every now and then post on my Instagram story to like all the kids I went to college with or the kids I grew up with and stuff like, hey, by the way, I hope you don't think I'm crazy, because I've been into all this shit, but I've been into this stuff the whole time you ever knew me. I just didn't talk you about never it. knew. <laughs> and like coming out to my family was a whole different thing, but I think it's really important. And I meet so many people through Instagram, through online communities and in Atlanta that are into this stuff or like mm-hmm. want to get into it, but just don't know where to start. And grow it, like living in a Bible Belt state you know, we're lucky that Atlanta is much more progressive, but you, there's still a reputation of, for example, tarot being evil, mm-hmm. of it like summoning demons and all this crazy stuff that makes absolutely yeah. no sense. So people are totally afraid to dive into that. Even yoga, you know, uh, last mm-hmm. year, a community in Marietta, which is like 40 minutes north of Atlanta, a teacher got into so much trouble because she started incorporating mindfulness tools into her classes. And these parents were like, Oh, yoga is a cult. You can't be teaching Mm. our kids the occult. It's like, no, you're just teaching these tiny people how to be more self-aware, how to manage their anxiety, how to manage stress. And like you were saying with women, you know, especially moms, And even just women living in this modern day and age, like, yes, we have more equality, but we also are rising up as business owners and taking on the stress of having a business and having a family, which is awesome. Kudos to all the women out there who are kicking ass at both. But we're also more likely to suffer from autoimmune diseases. Mm -hmm. We're more likely to suffer from anxiety. We're more likely to suffer from depression. And we're more likely to be medicated for those disorders and have a whole host of other side effects that make us more and more miserable. That's so, so true. That's so true about the autoimmune disease, especially I was just reading about that, how that has skyrocketed, you know, essentially in the, just the mainly the women population. And it's like, why, like, why is this happening? And why is it happening now? Well, 75% of autoimmune cases are female. Yeah. 
And I'm one of them. I have celiac disease. And that was the biggest reason why I started on a quest of building self-awareness and body awareness in the first place. I mean, if you talk to pretty much anyone who's in the healing arts, their story is rooted somehow in suffering Mm -hmm. or a desire to help ease the suffering of other people, even if they haven't had it in their own lives. So I think that a lot of people, you know, are seeing that the way that we've been functioning as a society hasn't been working. The way that society has pigeonholed women definitely doesn't work in a social, like in a social way or a medical way. And so women especially are reaching out for all of these other things like yoga and tarot and dabbling in mysticism or studying those different, you know, schools of thought to see how it can help them manage their lives a little bit better. Right. Absolutely. Do you think it's, do you think it's working? I mean, or do you think, I mean, cause yoga, I feel like it's pretty mainstream and um, meditation is really gaining ground, which I think is just hugely mm-hmm. important. Um, do you think this other stuff is, is helping? I mean, I think there's definitely two sides to it, right? You know, especially with yoga or even herbalism, these things were traditional practices. You know, yoga was handed down by master to teacher. It was very much a one-on-one individualized practice. Um, you know, of course, in its inception, it was also exclusively for men and it was pretty much taught to only princes and royalty, um, which is crazy how that's changed because mm-hmm. now the majority of yoga practitioners are women. But, you know, herbalism was all folk remedies passed on based on where you lived. And it was the responsibility of your elders to share their knowledge about the plants in your community with the younger ones so that it would continue to live on. Now, these things have totally been tainted by capitalism. There's a whole industrial complex around health and wellness. And there's a problem with that, too. So while it can be totally helpful to get into all of these different things and to use these tools for personal development, it also can be easy to slip into doing it without integrity. Mm-hmm. You know, there are so many yoga studios out there who are making a lot of money and that's great. They should be able to profit off of their knowledge and their craft. But you would ask, I mean, you go into these studios and they're not the yoga that was created thousands of years ago. You know, they're not teaching the philosophies of yoga that make yoga yoga. They're teaching fitness and that's okay too, but call it fitness. Right. And with herbalism, you know, herbal remedies. Now the capitalism has created a whole structure where it makes it almost impossible for an herbalist to grow plants in their garden create a product with them and sell them to consumers without having to put thousands and thousands of dollars forward and have a level of accountability that's higher than possibly some other pharmaceutical industries out there Wow! for a home-based herbalist. So, you know, it's kind of a double-edged sword. I definitely encourage everyone to find their own practices and to invest in those and understand that they don't have to buy into a yoga mat. They don't have to buy into monthly classes. They don't have to buy every product that they see on the internet that's supposed to cure all of their ills. They don't have to go and spend a hundred to $200 on a 45 minute tarot reading from someone. If they're in a place where that feels like that's what they're supposed to do. And if they can check into their intuition as kind of their checks and balances system, then great, go and do that. You know, I'm 
I am someone who's part of the capitalist industrial complex. You know, <laughs> I, I get it. Like I sell things as a service, but I'm constantly have to check in and make sure that what I am selling is still in, in integrity with my purpose and that I'm not just selling something to sell something. Well, and I think that's one of the reasons why I chose you specifically to interview. I mean, just looking at your page and seeing, you know, the consistency and the authenticity and that you, you not only practice it, but you, I mean, you believe it and it's so ingrained in you. Like I was like, I have to interview her because, you know, she is going to speak her truth and, you know, it may not be what some people want to hear, but it's, it's what people need to hear. And I feel like you do that a lot in your readings as well. Yeah. I mean, I do my best to point people in the direction of their purpose and to not just give them the answers, but, but create more, create more of an action plan with them on how they can make changes based on what comes up in their reading. You know, if I just give them all the answers or tell them information, they could do absolutely nothing with that. And that definitely doesn't interest me. I want to give people actual tools that they can utilize to create change. And in terms of authenticity, you know, there's this one quote by the mother, Mira Alfasa, um, who is a spiritual teacher within my style of yoga, which is Purna Yoga, that it always sticks with me. And it, what comes up constantly when I'm thinking about bringing something new and exciting to market that maybe I haven't really fully experienced myself. And the quote is, it goes something like, no teaching is relevant until it has been sincerely lived. Wow. And, you know, there have been so many times that I've caught myself where like I learned a new pose or I learned something new about an herb that I'd never taken myself. And I was like, oh my gosh, I have to share this with people. This could help people. But at the end of the day, I wasn't sincerely living that teaching. I wasn't, I hadn't created mastery over that practice or that plant. And if I were to share that with people, it would just be useless information. Mm. So for me, it's like every single thing that I put in my shop, every single thing that I talk about on my Instagram, I do my best to experience what I'm teaching or to use that plant for a period of time so that if someone comes and asks me what it's like, I can give them an authentic response, at least for how I respond to it within my own body. And that has been the most important thing in cultivating Rowan and Sage, but it's really difficult because you want to get swept into that capitalist industrial complex of the health and wellness industry. And you see your competitors when none of us are really competing, but (laughs) you see all these other people doing all this cool stuff. And you're like, Oh my gosh, I have to do that. But you don't, you just have to do what's right for you. And if you're sharing things authentically, then people are going to pick up on that. And even if you don't do amazing and turn a profit in those first couple of months, it'll work for you in the long run. Absolutely. So, you know, in keeping in line with that, what's, what's the future of Ronin Sage? Where do you see it going in the next year or two years? Well, in the next year, you know, so we started Ronin Sage officially in like September. Um, I literally made an Instagram post that was like, I want to do this thing. And then I did it. (laughs) Um, I love that. So now it's the springtime and, you know, we spent a lot of time testing recipes and things throughout the winter and figuring out legal stuff, which we're still wrapping our mind around. Um, Is that more the herbalism stuff? Yeah. It's easy to do yoga. You know, I've got my teacher training there and my accreditation. I just have to renew insurance when I'm teaching again and, um, tarot readings 
totally fine. In some states, though, if you want to become a tarot reader, you have to check with your local authority and make sure it's legal because <laughs> what? Some, some states do persecute tarot readers, which is crazy. Wow. But in the state of Georgia, everything's fine. So I'm, I'm glad for that. Um, but the herbalism part is difficult. So I'm trying mm. to figure out, you know, how much we can scale the business. But the, the ultimate goal for the next six months is to get into a couple of local shops here in Atlanta. And we've already been, been accepted to one um, here in East Atlanta. So we'll be at HodgePodge Coffee Shop next oh, month. Fun. Congratulations. Really that. Thank you. Um, really excited to bring some products there. And that's just our goal for right now is just to get our products into some local places and see what people like. The ultimate goal for Rowan and Sage in the next few years would be to open up our own shop where I can offer herbal consultations and one-on-one yoga sessions with people. And Ian can have his workshop and make all of his wonderful things that he wants to bring to the table. Ian is your partner. Yes. Ian is the love of my life and my business partner. (laughs) Um, Him and I, he's the Rowan aspect of Rowan and Sage and I'm the Sage. So we've worked really hard to cultivate this thing and we're trying to figure out more ways for him to bring his creative talents into Rowan and Sage as well because he's incredible. And right now he's studying runes and wants to start doing rune readings for people in the future. And what is that for people who aren't sure? So runes, now I am not super familiar with them. Because I'm not either. (laughs) Um, If you've ever seen like a show about Vikings, they had runes in them. You know, it's an ancient, Uh, it's an ancient language essentially that originates from, I believe Norse cultures, Um, but there's a couple of different versions of runes and the whole story behind the runes is that, I mean, I really can't go into a lot of detail about it, but it has to do with Odin's quest to find the runes and he hung on a tree for like, I can't remember how many days it was, but days and nights and the twigs that fell down from the tree created these symbols, which ended up being the runes. So runes are just another divination tool Mm -hmm. like tarot that have their own meanings and symbols. And Ian's definitely going to start talking about those on our Instagram and potentially on the blog in the future is him and I both read tarot, but he really wants to get into runes. It does seem more masculine, I have to say. Yeah, I mean, he's got runes <laughs> tattooed all over his arms, and he has, like, 25 books on Norse mythology, probably. Wow. So um, that's, that's more of his side of mysticism, while I'm definitely more on the tarot and plant magic <laughs> wow. side of things. But if we could get Rowan and Sage to be a nice little shop and community center, that would absolutely fulfill us and that's our ultimate goal for the next five to 10 years for this little baby of ours. Oh, I love that. And will you have crystals in the shop too, or are you not so into that? Oh, absolutely. Um, I love crystals. I have kind of a different opinion on them than most people though. I don't really believe in crystal healing and I know I've already gotten messages about this. From people. <laughs> um, but I use them every day. Like I keep pocket stones every mm-hmm. day. Right next to me, I've got a citrine and um, some celestite. <laughs> <laughs> but for me, I see crystals more as representations of different things 
that we can remember. So like I carry black tourmaline in my pocket every day and black tourmaline is said to transmute negative energy and it's Mm. more of a protective and grounding stone. And I, it's funny that I believe in magic in so many different ways, but I think that a rock in my pocket is more of a (laughs) reminder rather than energy, energetic, force field that's changing my energy but I think that you know crystals are not only beautiful but they help you connect to the earth Mm -hmm. and they can serve as amazing reminders for their messages like does that black tourmaline completely change my life all on its own maybe not maybe it does I don't know but it does remind me every time I feel it in my pocket to take a deep breath and to ground myself so and I think that's the key like I'm I'm in line with you too like when I do my meditation in the morning, you know, I'll hold a stone and it's not like I necessarily feel anything magical happening, but you're right. It is, it's grounding, you know, to touch something that's from the earth and to have that, you know, reminder to, you know, you know, have this, have this negative energy out and breathe in good energy. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. I think that that's actually, you know, like you said, a really helpful tool in, Mm -hmm. in tapping into your own inner, inner power. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, again, in line with my belief around tarot. Like if I just carry a amethyst around to promote psychic development and connection to my intuition, because that's one of, its, one of its associated meanings. If I just carry it around with me, that's not going to immediately give me higher, ac- like higher consciousness and access to my intuition. I have to do the work. Right. And I think that that's one thing that can sometimes be forgotten about in this health and wellness spiritual industry is that, yeah, we have all these tools and tools are great, but what are you doing with them? If you're just setting an intention or like if you're doing your full moon reading with tarot and you're just setting these intentions and then not doing anything about them, of course, a couple of weeks later, when you look back at those notes in your journal, you didn't feel a change. Yeah. Like doing this work takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of you know, diving deep into yourself and going through the muck and holding yourself accountable and being brutally honest with yourself. And a lot of people don't want to do that. I don't blame them. It's really hard. And it's definitely something that we're not taught to do in our culture. Like we're taught to stay busy. We're taught to ignore the gross things in life. We're not really taught to look at the darkest parts of ourselves. And like, look, if you were when you were a kid, then your parents are awesome. (laughs) (laughs) You know, we we have this culture that maintains appearances. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like even my husband, he's, he always, you know, he, he's in sales. So you can imagine like, he's always putting his best face forward and always Mm -hmm. saying, you know, don't, don't let him see you, you know, weak or don't let him see you cry. And it's like, I'm so the opposite. I've always been that way. I've always, <laughs> I've always just kind of wanted to lay it out there and be like, no, I'm not having an easy time. I'm not having a good day. And this is why. Yeah. And it's like, you're right. It's so ingrained in the culture and, you know, especially with our parents too and their parents even more so. So hopefully, mm-hmm. you know, each generation will get progressively better. You know, more teachers will be doing yoga in their class, not getting in trouble for it. Um, <laughs> so I would hope so. And I mean, I think yeah. that the, the perception is shifting, especially as more people, you know, you know, in our generation and the one above it kind of have more power and say in this world. Um, I would say, you know, my parents and their parents are like kind of out of touch. No offense, mom and dad, but 
you know, they just don't, they, they haven't quite kept up with how rapidly our society has changed in the last 10 years. Like technology mm-hmm. has grown so much. Um, we're all on it. We all have a way to be exposed to one another all the time. And people seem to be caring about what they're looking at all the time. It seems even if you're in sales and you're in marketing, like there's a whole different people are, or people are turning to creating authentic messaging and sharing things that are purposeful and nice to look at and creating positivity in this world. And I think that the health and wellness industry and, you know, the spiritual industry as well now has a stronger place in the world. It doesn't seem so crazy to scroll past a photo on Instagram of a girl talking about her crystals and her tarot cards than it probably would have 20, 30 years ago. I mean, even tarot has only been used as a tool for spiritual development for the last 50 years. Before that, it was primarily used by um, cult orders like the Brotherhood of Light. And then before that, it was used as a tool, as like a playing cards game. Oh, wow. So... Tarot, I mean, it's been around since the 1400s, as far as we know, but it, it's only been in, like, since the 60s and 70s that people have really started using it as a tool to connect with their intuition mm-hmm. and to, you know, help direct them as they live their lives. So for those people who maybe are not quite ready to get into tarot, but still want to develop their intuition, what are some key things? And you kind of touched on this earlier, but what are some key things that they can do like right now? to develop that and flex that muscle because it is a muscle. Oh, absolutely. I mean, when you first start tapping and listening to your intuition, um, there's always the tendency to second guess yourself. So I would say that's the first thing that people need to practice is when they go into a room or when they have a conversation with someone or even eat something, how does that make them feel? You know, just take a moment after every interaction to think about how you felt. Like if you noticed when you hang out with this one friend of yours, every single time you hang out with them, you feel drained and exhausted. And you felt like you didn't even get to talk or everything you said was just like you were talking at a brick wall. Pay attention to how that makes you feel. Does it make you feel irritable? Does it make you feel emotional? Um, Or do you just feel downright drained? Now, when you check into your feelings about it, then you can intuitively decide or intuitively understand that that maybe that friendship doesn't nourish you and you should put boundaries in place to prevent yourself from feeling so exhausted. Same thing with if you eat something and it doesn't make you feel so great, or if it makes you feel awesome, you can listen to your gut telling you that it's making you feel great or making you not feel not so great and understand that, you know, this is a food that you should or shouldn't have in your diet. So just doing those little things, like just consciously checking in with yourself and seeing how you feel is the easiest way to tap into your intuition. And, you know, when you walk into a room and maybe you feel like, hmm, something in here just isn't right. And then your next thought is, well, you know what? No, I'm I'm just being crazy. Mm -hmm. Forget about it. Just put up with it. Maybe you shouldn't second guess yourself. You know, it's hard to trust your gut and you know, especially when you're a woman and we live in a world that kind of tells us to put on a face and just Mm -hmm. put our best foot forward and do our best and And gaslights women. (laughs) And yeah, yeah. (laughs) Tells us we have to fit in this perfect, pretty little mold that I've never fit into in my entire life (laughs) as a highly aggressive 
loud. <laughs> um, you know, it's easy to second guess yourself, but you have to trust your gut. And even if you're not ready to start getting into different tools to, to you know, use your intuition like tarot, just having a daily practice of checking in with yourself. You can keep a journal. There's also tons of meditations and all these different resources online on how to connect to your intuition. And there, but you can definitely find different ways to incorporate it as a lifestyle practice every single day. I love that. I think that's so important. I mean, it is like working out or eating healthy. Like it's, it's something you want to do, you know, make a routine habit out of it and just make it part of your life because it's going to serve you so well. Yeah. And you can do it throughout everything you have in your life. Like if you're at the gym and you're working out and you feel like, you know what, I'm just a little off today and I don't really want to do legs because when I do legs, they make me want to pass out. (laughs) I mean, scientifically speaking, they draw the blood into your legs and away from your brain. So you feel like you're going to pass out. So if if you're already feeling a little, you know, adverse to that type of workout, then do something else. That's using your intuition too. It's that I simple. That. I love that. No, that's <laughs> so smart. I have to remind my boyfriend about every time we go to the gym because he's like, <laughs> just two more sets. Right after he says, I feel like I'm going to die. <laughs> <laughs> that's so true. How many people have you talked to that like have injured themselves at the gym, like in a closed space when they knew something wasn't right? I mean, I'm guilty of it too. I was a yeah. hardcore runner and I was pushing myself. And in college, I ended up giving myself a stress fracture because I had totally gone away from my body and listening to my body. So I completely resonate with that. Yeah. I think that's a sustainable way for people to think about it. It doesn't have to be esoteric, you know, just think about the ways in which you live your life and then just draw a little bit more conscious awareness to it. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's really helpful. That's really powerful. So my final question um, that I ask all of my guests on the show, um, and it's kind of a way to kind of round out the interview and just to gain some perspective and something useful for everyone to to go home with, um, is what is something that you've learned that you wish someone would have told you about? um, And for you, it's working in the field of intuition. So what's something you wish someone would have told you that you've learned? Oh my gosh. (laughs) hundreds of things and then you put me on the spot and it's like (laughs) my brain just disappears Uh, (laughs) go with your gut (laughs) (laughs) I mean I think really it's just trust yourself you know everything I was just saying like you know we there's so much information out there on intuition or there's so many books on reading tarot and hundreds of books on plants and their uses and even more on yoga. There's so many different styles of yoga, but not one is right for everyone. Not every single one is going to be right for you. And just really trusting your gut. Like if I pull a card and I look at the book description and it really doesn't make sense to me and intuitively I'm picking up on something different, that doesn't mean I'm wrong. I just need to trust that. No amount of memorizing all of these different definitions or actions and things like that is going to help me strengthen my intuition. It ultimately comes down to just me having trust in myself and having that trust in myself is going to help me in all aspects of my life. You know, it's going to help me choose the right partners in business and in my personal life. It's going to help me make the best decisions that serve my ultimate purpose in this world. 
and it's going to help me help other people. So, you know, I want everyone to, if they can take one thing away from this, it's just trust your gut. When it tells you something, it's probably right. You're not crazy. You just need to listen to yourself and, you know, create conscious awareness, create a conscious connection between your mind, body, and spirit and live from that place. I love that. I love that. I think that's amazing and so true. So thank you. (laughs) So um, how can people find you? So online, our website is www.rowanandsage.com. We're also on Etsy as Rowan and Sage Shop and primarily on Instagram when it comes to social and our handle there is at Rowan and Sage. But I will say I'm the most active on Instagram. So if you want to (laughs) just hit me up there. Um, I'm on it all the time. (laughs) And full disclosure, that is how I found Sarah and she has an amazing feed and I'm always learning and I really want to schedule, um, a tarot reading soon. It would be my first, but I'm really, Oh, I would love to do that. Yeah. let's, Let's set it up. Doing readings for first times, uh, for people who've never had a reading before is probably one of my favorite things. And I've gotten the opportunity to do that a lot, especially through Instagram. So it would be a complete honor to give you a reading. (laughs) Done. We're doing it. All right. Thank you, Sarah, so much. Um, and we'll, uh, we'll, we'll check back in with you soon. We'll have to do more of these. Awesome. Thank you. This Valentine's Day, Dunkin's got the perfect pairings to show your love. So get down on one knee with a dozen brownie batter donuts and a cocoa mocha signature latte. Or make them swoon with a strawberry dragon fruit Dunkin' refresher with a Cupid's Choice Donut. Are you ready for love? America runs on Dunkin'. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer.